Talon Nightbreeze is dead. A distraught Karnar drops his sword and races to his friend. No, Talon. No! Desperate to save Talon, he tries to use his healing on him, but while stopping the bleeding, it cannot stop Talon from dying. Rachel runs over but realizes immediately that her prayers will go unanswered this time. Accept it. He's dead. No one can save him now. I will not accept this. You hear me? I will not accept this. Karnar stares desperately around. He sees hanging on Talon's belt loop a small brass lamp. Is this a genie's lamp? Anarin nods slightly, out of breath, bleeding in several places and exhausted from the fight. Wait, Karnar, think about what you're doing. I mean, I, I want Talon alive also, but that's a, that's a genie. They are known to be tricksters. You have to be very careful about this. I'm bringing him back. Karnar starts to rub the lamp, and with a poof of smoke, the genie sprouts forth. Damn it. Here we go. Astonis gets a bit more serious and grips his staff and wand a bit tighter. What do you need, Master? Hey, watch out, brother. Those things are tricky. You should better think through this, Karnar. Otherwise, it's going to turn on you. Oh, right, yeah. Now you guys tell him, where the hell were you guys before you rubbed the damn lamp? Karnar takes a few seconds to consider before making his wish. Looking at the body of his friend, his brow ridges furrow, and his teeth click with determination. I wish Talon back to life exactly how he was ten minutes before. Talon immediately pops back to life. His old body disappears and he's shoveling items into his bags. The lamp also disappears from Karnar's hands. Look at all this sh hey, when did you guys get here? Look, don't just stand there, grab some stuff. Karnar, teary-eyed, walks up to Talon and hugs him. Damn, not bad, Karnar. Shit, my share's gonna be smaller now.
on Dragon's Isle, in a cave deep in the forest, in a hidden treasure room, a group of adventurers has just slain a dragon construct made of riches. Among them is one Astonis Glimweaver. He is currently attempting to do the backstroke in the mounds of gold heaped around the room while laughing like a schoolgirl. I'm so rich! I'm so rich! Oh god, we're gonna need a bigger boat. God, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Karnar, exhausted, sits down smiling at both Astonis and Talon, who seems to be befuddled by all the emotion of the moment. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying I was dead? Yeah, man. It's like a fish in a market. Eyes are all bugging out. Yuck. That's incredible. Karnar, I can't thank you enough for bringing me back, man. Give my loyalty from here on out. Pretty sure being dead is not incredible, but I've never experienced it, so what the fuck do I know? Uh, yeah, Stannis. You should see all the treasure they give you when you die. Um, you're gonna like it. Actually, you're gonna love it. Talon looks down at the genie lamp now resting in his lap. The lamp does work then. I can fix myself. Talon walks towards the corridor where Rachel is sitting and thinking. Well, hello. Hi. This is all pretty exciting. Is this your norm? Yeah, pretty much. Saving the day and whatnot. You know how it goes. No big deal. Random, who's been looking around the room, seemingly ignoring the gold, finally lays eyes on something interesting. She notices a small alcove. Within is a basin filled with some red liquid untouched by the centuries, seemingly as fresh as if it was poured yesterday. There it is, there it is! What? What's, what's there? What? What is there? There what is? What? Huh? Random turns towards Turok, eyes shining with delight. It's a magical item of great power. At hearing this, Astonis actually stops swimming in the gold to look at what Random is pointing at. It looks a bit like blood. Uh, and I know that because I see it on a lot of the people that I uh, put on the floor. This blood set aside for magic. It has tremendous power. It's the blood of an ancient dragon. Maybe you should drink some. It might give you power. Should I? No, it's evil. You shouldn't do such a thing. Oh, you should definitely drink it, but first... At this, Astonis uses Mage Hand to grab a vial and uses the vial to scoop up some of the blood. Random, with the cup of blood rising slowly to her lips, looks at Karnar, shrugs, reaches into her pack and pulls out two containers with stoppers and begins to pour the blood into each. Maybe later. Karnar, watching from the middle of the room, stands up, pulling out his sword, and walks over to Anarin, sitting down beside him. What can I do for you? Out in the excluded corridor where Rachel is alone, Talon walks up to her. Hey. Hi, Talon. Wait, you're not interested in the riches? I have enough money to pay Nicodemus and everything else I can carry. Not interested in the rest of the people. 
He's dumb. That one is money hungry and hasn't helped us ever. She's okay, but I don't know anything about her. Uh, Naren's okay. Kind of weird, though, and Karnar seems to be going crazier and crazier. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's any consolation, a Naren doesn't seem that bad to me. He did help me find this. Talon pulls out the lamp to show Rachel. Fair, uh, Rachel, I can change myself back now. Talon, are you sure you know what you're doing? I know, I know. But I have to try. I wanted to see if you could, you know, watch out for me just in case something goes wrong. Of course you need me here. Otherwise, you'd probably kill yourself. Cool. Thanks. Um, hey, I... I also got these for us out of that pile over there. Talon pulls out two rings made of bright platinum. And Aaron told me they're, they're bonded or something, but apparently, if we each wear one, we'll always know where the other one is. Rachel takes the offered ring and slides it on her finger as Talon does the same with the other. You're like a sister to me, for, um, I mean, Rachel. I don't ever want to be where I can't help you. Sitting among the piles, Anarin has his eyes closed, waiting. Karnar wipes his mouth with his hand, furrows his brow ridge, and clears his throat. And spit it out. Let's get this over with. Are you a follower of the Dark Queen? <laughs> I thought this might be coming. No, Karnar, I'm no follower of hers. Good. So how do you know so much about this, then? Ever since we walked into this cave, you knew almost every step. Your lust for dark dragon magic items is unnerving. I'm not a big believer in any god. They've done nothing to use for me. However, I do believe in magic, and I believe in power, and they both work rather well together. Let me tell you a story. Back on the other side of the room, in a small hallway, Talon rubs the lamp. A white mist starts floating from the end and forms into a small celestial man. What do you need, master? After a pause, and some contemplation from Talon, he begins his wish. I wish I could control the size and shape of my body at will from my height and weight to the length of my hair and what species I am. From how many limbs I have to my bone structure all the way to the color of my eyes. The genie closes his eyes and when he opens them they shine brightly but then eventually they dull back to their normal color. Granted. The genie becomes a mist again and returns to the lamp. Talon looks down at his forearms, flipping his hands slowly, and at first, nothing happens. Talon concentrates harder, and then, ever so slightly, he begins to grow. His two extra arms begin to retract as well as his wing. He has a look of pain on his face as this happens. 
After a few seconds, Talon is once again his regular height and has no extra arms or wings. <laughs> Guys. Guys, it worked. I'm back. I'm back to normal. Astonis looks annoyed. Are you serious? Do you know how dangerous using a genie is? You and Connor both got lucky. You both need to be much more careful and actually think through your wishes. But yeah, I'm sure. Congratulations. Woo. After saying this, Astonis uses prestidigitation to conjure up some sparkling and glittering lights. Cries of congratulation rise up in the room. In the center of the room, Connor's call is tinged with distraction as he does not take his eyes away from Anarin. Go on then, Avenger. Tell me your story. And yes, I know you're an Avenger from the priest robes and the sign of Bahamut on your tablet. Do you know what an Avenger means for a Dragonborn? I've heard the stories of those cast out to pursue some sort of revenge mission consecrated to their gods, but isolated from their society. I'm cast out because of cultists, led by humans like you, raided my monastery. Have you ever been to Rothpron? It's on the River Malex, on the mainland. Never. I hope to Bayamut that you tell the truth. Had you intimated that you had been involved, one of us would have died tonight. I've been involved with the Dark Queen and her minions before, but I've never been inland on Dragonborn land. Karner stands, wiping coins from his arms that had been stuck there from the battle. He stares down at Anarin one more time nods, and then walks over to Talon, changing his demeanor as he does to a more friendly face. A sly smile creeps across Anarin's face. I wonder where you're keeping your scroll, Avenger. You may yet get to pass it on in the days ahead. Talon, still wincing in pain, smiles broadly and waves everyone over to him. Oh shit, guys, I almost forgot, I almost forgot. I found a bunch of stuff for you. Talon grabs one of his bags, opens it, and starts to pour out a collection of items onto the floor of the room. I guess it was right before the dragon appeared. Um, I grabbed all kinds of items for everybody. Karnar reaches down and grabs a massive sword which has an icon of Bahamut in the pommel. And as he does, it begins to glow, enough that the others notice. This appears to be a sacred blade. One of which I will wear with pride. I hope to destroy many cultists with this sword. Thank you, Talon. You are genethreal to my people. What's that mean? Closest translation is great friend. Talon smiles and clasps Karnar on the shoulder. Meanwhile, Astonis goes off alone into the cave and closes his eyes. He extends his magical senses to determine which items in the room have the most magical power. There were a few items in Anarin's bag which pique his interest, but he thinks better of doing anything about it. 
Next thing he senses is a book. He quickly runs to the location and finds a book of infinite spells. Shaking with excitement, he quickly stashes it into one of his secret pockets in his robes. Afterwards, he continues to look for magical items including a wand of shielding, an ice wand, a blast rod, some staves, fencing boots, jewelry that enhances enchantment and illusion magic, and some alchemical potions. Back near a pillar, Turok and Random lay in a pile of gold together, getting to know each other. So, uh, <clears throat> you, uh, got somebody waiting on you and saying a faraway land somewhere? Nope, not really. The only person I was ever close to was my master. And... As she finishes her sentence, she trails off and looks down to her feet. You, uh, kick some real ass back there against that guardian. And if you don't mind me saying, you look mighty cute while you were doing it. Random looks back up at Turok with a very confused look on her face. It slowly turns to a suspicious, or maybe curious look. Thanks, you're quite useful yourself. You, uh, you ever been, huh, uh, oh hell, you ever been attracted to someone you knew was trouble, but kind of went for it anyway? I'm of the mindset that sometimes you don't know someone is trouble until it's too late. Why do you ask? She looks up into his eyes with an evil smile crossing her blood-red lips. Oh hell, what I'm getting at here is... Well, I think you're the most precious treasure in this here vault, and I don't mind being cut on a little. Turok ends his sentence with a wink. Random has to physically cover her mouth to keep from laughing. She reaches forward and runs her fingertips down Turok's face. Don't worry, I have a feeling you might grow to like it. Ooh, that was dirty and I love it. <laughs>